With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ingenuity Show has the weirdest style. The Ingenuity Show hopes you stay a while. Come with these three nerdy engineers. What you will find might linger in the cochlea of your ears, oh. With every Nerdcast, there is something new. If you are listening, then this show's for you. You may think the premise of this show sounds so absurd. Well, you're the one listening who's the nerd. So you can't just say bizarre You never get a moment for free Show me something fun on your guitar Something with an A Hello, welcome to the Ingenuity Show. I'm Mr. Pold. I'm St. Jimmy. I am DVD. And I'm Master Zed. And together we are... <laughs> I didn't say it in the... <laughs> Purposely changed the cadence and tone. Uh, welcome to our show about technology, news, media, and culture. I think I got all of them. Let me look at my shirt. And history. Ooh. And engineering. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a segment this week on structural engineering. Wow. What? Passive resistance of skewed bridge abutments. Nice. Oh. How about plastic failure of metal support structure? <laughs> that sounds fun. How about not enough rivets and the metal's too thin? Uh, <laughs> the steel will not work. <laughs> I cut it twice and it's still too short. How about <laughs> catastrophic failure? <laughs> With cats? Oh, that would be catastrophic. That's when you put too many cats on your bridge. Catastrophic failure? <laughs> I think that's what they call the that movie they came out based on the Broadway play. So if you Ooh. launch your cat into space, is it catmospheric? Is Broadway only for women? <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> nice. Nice save. Anywho, our fake sponsor this week is the saxophone, the new instrument you can play with your feet. <laughs> I'm Oh, I was going to say something, but it didn't work. So I aborted. <laughs> Thank you for doing it yourself. So, uh, DVD and I went out disc golfing together this week. Yep. We're and one in our series. We met a guy there that was disc golfing. Uh, nice gentleman. And uh, this is a first for DVD and I. 
although it happens to Master Zed and I all the time, but his wife, I think it was, yeah. asked us if we were twins. <laughs> you say, yeah, I'm Danny DeVito, and this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Wait, who's Danny? <laughs> you guys decide. <laughs> well, I went to the gym this morning, so... You must be Schwarzenegger? Yeah. We're like Schwarzenegger, uh, am I right? <laughs> How did you know I'm wearing shorts? Uh, sorry. That was strange. That guy looks familiar, though. I think I'd, I've met him before. You really? should have asked him and his wife if they were twins. So is, this your, is this your sister? Is this your grandmother? <laughs> well, we, were, we were behind them on the course for the front, front nine, and he was playing, and she was just pushing a stroller with a baby in it with him. And it's and a really hilly course. She was throwing some discs, was but she? not... Okay. I saw her throw, like, three in a row from the same spot once. So I don't think she was really, like, practicing. keeping track. But then we got through the front nine, and they were waiting for us on the 10th tee. And uh, he was like, hey, do you guys want a third? Yeah, I thought they were going to let us play through. but And I was like, oh, usually when I'm here, people bring fourths. No, fifths? fifths. Dang it. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't actually say that. But his actually, wife usually is tired. Bleeps so. with them. Uh, yeah, so we played the back nine with him. He's he way better than us. Way better than us. Oh. He finished seven under, and we finished 12 or 13 over? Yeah. Today? Yep. Which was way worse than last week for me. I think it was better for me. Yeah, much better. I got overconfident by watching some disc golf videos before I went. Ooh, <laughs> that's a big mistake. Yeah. I've watched even more now, so I'm even better at this point. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think next time I play disc golf, I'm going to use the frisbee, the foam frisbee I throw for the dog. I'm getting pretty good at it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I played Maybe some ball golf. I played with the ones LFG gave me. He gave me a, a bag and his discs. So I've been using them. Hey, I played ball golf with the golf clubs I bought from <laughs> D- LFG. <laughs> I actually got my best score ever. Did you guys know there's a New Zealand golf variant where the ball is rugby ball shaped? <laughs> no. Is it still little? Yep, it's still little. And it allows them to put all kinds of crazy spins on it so they can really curve it around things. And then you switch it out for a round ball to putt. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) That'd be difficult. Weird. Do you have to jump on the ground after you get the ball in the the hole? Yeah, Uh, or else it doesn't count. Yeah, I think so. And when you put it in, it's worth three points. <laughs> <laughs> if you chip it in. Yeah, if, what if you chip it in? <laughs> That's right out. <laughs> I miss rugby. All right, so I... Uh, <laughs> Can you drop I was having, ticket? I was having some wrist issues on both of my wrists, thanks to our camping trip. And Whoa. the overthrowing of two large of rocks. Oh. I believe... <laughs> It didn't help that I had a old, I had an old keyboard with like flat keys, 
one of those mm -hmm. newfangled ones. And I was spending too much time using that as well. So I went out and bought myself a new keyboard and mouse. Ooh. So every time I complained about a keyboard, my wife's like, you know where the store's at, and we have money, so you can go get it. <laughs> oh, okay. So I went hoping to find a corded mouse or, and keyboard because last time I shopped for keyboards and mice and got cordless ones, they kind of weren't very good. But that was a long time ago. It kept but, The mouse kept running away. Yeah, all they had was cordless ones at the Staples. So I purchased a really nice Logitech one. I really like it. Um, I wish I had looked at instructions on how to use like the mouse better because I was trying to Minecraft with it in the scroll bar. You'd spin it and it would just keep on spinning when you let go. And it would just like <laughs> scroll past everything until I stopped it. And there was a button behind the scroll bar. I didn't know what it did. So I toggled it right before our podcast. And then it started like the wheel started clicking as you went a little bit. Like there was like spots of resistance like a normal mouse might be. Yeah. So I think that setting is probably more appropriate for um, Minecrafting. Gotcha. I can't wait to try Sounds that. Sounds like it'd make you dizzy. Maybe. <laughs> well, it'd probably make me dizzy, I should say. So I uh, I don't know if I talked about the Arby's sandwich on the show yet. But a couple weeks ago, I went to Arby's and... Instead of getting lettuce and tomato on it, I got diced jalapenos. Yes, yeah, I, I think, think you talked about it. So I tried to do that again a couple and days ago or yesterday. Said no, no, they were fine. With, they said, "Yeah, we can do that." Um, the, this guy seemed a little more hesitant than the last one, <laughs> and he also was calling it the roasted chicken bacon Swiss oh. instead of the oh. roast chicken bacon Swiss. Oh boy! Which I should have seen that as a issue, but. Like, do you work here? And he's like, oh, no, I normally work at Taco Bell. I just wandered in. So Because we're like, the roast chicken, bacon Swiss. Oh, you mean roasted chicken? <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, no. okay. Danger, Will Robinson. Anyway, we got it home, and I started eating it. And the first thing I noticed was there was no bacon on it. <laughs> oh. And then I realized there was no Swiss on it either. <laughs> There was no chicken. He was just eating a bun. There was, there was just <laughs> was chicken. There was a bun with jalapenos in it. <laughs> no, it, it just, just had the chicken, just had the honey mustard and the jalapenos, and that was it. That's all you asked for. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, it was still good, but it wasn't as fantastic as it is when you add mm. the, other, the other ingredients. But That's too bad. So, I went on... On the back of the receipt, they have this thing you can go take a survey about your visit. Oh. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to, because I didn't want to go back to the Arby's, wait in line for another 40 minutes, because, you know, the line's super long there, just to complain about a sandwich that I already finished. Yeah. So anyway, I went on, filled out the receipt, told them what was wrong with the sandwich and everything. And then it's like, do this extra survey, and you could instantly win $400. I'm like, okay. So they had this whole list of items from their menu, and it said, did you eat any of these today? So one of them was the orange cream shake. So I clicked on that, and it was asking me all these questions about the orange cream shake. It's like, you guys make it. Shouldn't you know all this stuff? <laughs> so they well, asked cool. me. How many calories do you think it has? They wanted me to type something. Did you eat the cup after you were done. <laughs> describing how well I 
what I liked about it. It was very so creamy. I'm like, I'm like, it was tasted like heaven, and it was evoked mm-hmm. images of summer and all this flowery language. <laughs> and then it, one hundred dollars. What you were disappointed with about it? You know, I thought it was a writing contest. Seriously, oh. so no. <laughs> That's what I was disappointed. I said nothing about this orange cream shake disappoints me, except that it's not offered year round. Well, now that Google Translate has Klingon on it, you can just translate what you write into Klingon and put that in the receipt. <laughs> I don't think the that survey. would help. It'd be funny, though. You know, translate from me... Klingon and then back to English. Well, it reminds me of when I went to Japan. I f- there was a restaurant I found there that I really liked, and so I w- wanted to put a good review. And so what I did is I typed a review, trans- did Google Translate into Japanese, and then Google translated that back into English. Oh, I thought saw that in the English English.com. And it didn't quite quit quite make sense. So I rearranged some of the words again and then translated it and retranslated it until it actually made sense in English. And then I went <laughs> with that. <laughs> cool. Nice. Um, so my son has a new car. Oh boy. Oh, yeah? Yep, I went with him on Saturday to pick it up. Um, I'm financing him because I'm the nicest person in the world. Um, plus, if he doesn't pay, I can repossess it. I was going to say, you know where he lives. so There you go. So he bought himself a 2004 BMW 325Ci convertible. Wow. It's That's very nice. Is he? It's funny. Then we drove back. It was probably an hour and 15 minute drive back. Um, and we got him just to work just in time because we were kind of worried about getting had to work at noon, mm-hmm. and the car place didn't open until ten. Oh, so we knew it was about an hour and fifteen minute drive. And we're like, well, it depends on how long it takes in the office to get stuff taken care of. Um, so yeah, he followed me back because he's worried about getting through some of the roads, uh, making sure he took the right exits and things, and he. Drove the whole back, way back with the top down. And I could tell <laughs> at certain points he wished he had sunglasses because it was really bright. Yeah. <laughs> but about halfway through, he also put his ball cap on. It's a little mm. windy. But he loves it, and it's a really nice-looking car. Cool. Is that a manual transmission? It does not. Oh. It's funny because the guy gave him the, what, the same kind of speech I was giving him. You know, about... <laughs> your. He's like, your friends are not paying... For the insurance or for this car, your dad is. So if they try to convince you to do stupid stuff with it, think about that, and then think about your dad driving your car instead of you. And he's like giving a whole bunch of like dad speech type stuff. <laughs> and I was nice. like, I appreciate it. Thank you because he probably will listen to you more than he'll listen to me. That's usually how it works. <laughs> he's like, I have three adult daughters, and I've had the same conversation with with them every. And it never works. Right. I was well, listening to a, a Joe Rogan interview with Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> and he said that he rolled his truck on Christmas Day when he was 18. Oh, boy. And he his dad came and picked him up and he said his dad was pretty rough disciplinarian. <laughs> and so he was like expecting once they got kind of alone on the way home because dad brought like a 
a trailer or something out and they loaded it on. So he was expecting to get, you know, the third degree on the way home, but he didn't say anything. And so he finally broke the silence. He's like, aren't you mad? <laughs> and he's like, well, I rolled the car when I was 18, so I can't really <laughs> say anything. <laughs> yeah, I just had a talk when my son got his little convertible sports car. Tell him about the first little sports car I had and how I had it for about five weeks before I blew the engine. <laughs> yeah, it's a so. little bit different than the car I had for <laughs> my car when I was 18. Um, slightly. My four yeah. or three colored four door hatchback Toyota Tercel, 1983. <laughs> this car's a little bit cooler than mine. <laughs> oh, I was driving a 73 Ford Ranchero. Chick yeah. magnet, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're just signing my oldest son up for driver's training. We need to do that for my son, not your son. He's already signed up. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting. He's got yeah. a lot nicer car to learn on than I had. Has he been practicing online for the, or he already got his permit, right? No, we you have oh, to get your okay. permit one to ten days before your class starts. Well, oh. if he's fifteen and a half, right? No, that's very no, that's fifteen. Oh, fifteen. Okay, because if my son's at over sixteen, yeah, at sixteen he can get his permit and then. Right, if you're yeah, if you're fifteen and a half, you can just go get a permit. Okay, if you're fifteen, you have to be signed up for the class to get your permit. So I know now where we live, how far you have to be away from a bicyclist to pass them with your car. It's three feet. Okay. Because he was practicing and he was asking me questions like, I don't know, I've been licensed in like four or five states and I only took the, the test laws are, All the <laughs> laws are like mingled together. No, I had to take the, the, and when I moved to Idaho, I had to take the test. Really? Written it was tests, all yeah. about how to not hit livestock. I don't remember <laughs> taking a test. It's strangely you have to get three feet to cattle as well. Mm, oh. That's smart. Unless they only have three feet. Then it's only two feet? Yeah. Three hooves? No, you have to give them more space because then they're not as stable. Oh, yeah, they could fall over. <laughs> and there was a question. It's like, if you're at an intersection and you see a person with a cane... Um, and a support dog, what should you do? Honk. The correct answer was stop. I'm like, yeah. But what if you're like down the road and you see them from the intersection because you're looking <laughs> both ways? Am I just supposed to stay there? Yeah. You just see one? <laughs> oh, I saw a blind guy. You should just put a sticker of a said, person with a cane and a dog said, on the back of your car. I, I told, I actually People told them, you, alone. You, you hit them with your car because they're worth 10 points. Is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not right. Don't do that. They're worth 15. Yeah, bicyclists are worth 20. If you get the dog. Uh. <laughs> you have to hit the dog with a newspaper. So that's he's what, like, he's got all these numbers the in Nintendo his head. Nintendo taught me. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's all a bunch of numbers, you know? Like, how far do you have to, can you follow a ambulance or something? It's like, uh, are you a lawyer or not? Probably till it gets to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just turned my adaptive cruise control on and the car figures it out for me 
have ambulance setting? Um, I don't think ambulance so. settings like 300 feet and fire trucks 500 feet. I think fire trucks are 700 feet or something stupid like that. Mine, oh. I can, ch- I can. There's a button I can push that can change the distance of following distance that yeah. I want. But then I was teaching him which way to turn your wheel if you're on a hill. Oh yeah, he In was thinking the other way. Transmission. From where it is. You should do an automatic transmission too. Those sometimes some sometimes fail. Or I had a friend that came out and his car was halfway across the parking lot at work. Because <laughs> he didn't get it in park, he got it in neutral. Oh. And like the the switch was worn enough that he could get his key out. Uh, and I had rolled like several lanes and hadn't hit anything. Well, that's lucky. We called it his Stratus symbol because it was a Dodge Stratus. Uh, <laughs> it was a bit <laughs> He's just my carrying kid, wheel chocks around. My kids tell me I have to put. I'm supposed to put the emergency brake on every time I park. You are. Nah. But I, figure, I figure I could cause more damage driving around with the emergency brake on. Yeah, than I, I was can. gonna say that's a good way to ruin you, your brakes. You just get in the <laughs> habit of doing it when you get in, just like you do when you put it on to get out. That's what I do. I'm 45 years old. <laughs> I am not going to be changing my habits like that. Sorry. <laughs> well, in my car, it's important because it's a manual transmission and it might roll away if I. Yeah. 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 My That's car different. turns the parking brake on and off automatically. Nice. <laughs> when I. Yeah. When you put it, when you turn it off, it puts the parking brake on. And then so I, when you put it in gear, if you press the gas, then it deactivates it. I don't do it in my truck. Cause that's a pedal one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't the think one in that... my truck doesn't do anything. It just goes to the floor. My, uh, <laughs> my old truck, the cable is broken. So the emergency brake doesn't even work. <laughs> well, I replaced the piece on mine so that the parking brake would actuate. And it's still, I don't think it works. Hmm. Uh, when we got that red forerunner back and I drove it like from Beaverton to Portland, uh-huh. uh, I drove the whole way with only using a parking brake to <laughs> slow down and stop. Nice. <laughs> I could not imagine doing that for a month. I, I did least. it for a month when I was, I think I was 18. Um, that was when I was homeless in Portland to be close to my now wife. Um, but the brake master cylinder was bad. And so I had to pump the brakes a lot to get it to yeah. do anything and, and pull the emergency brakes. We just had to plan ahead. Okay. There's a manual transmission so I could downshift. Try that uh, without an emergency brake. <laughs> it was like the time I had to drive home well. from Boise to Napa in my Tercel when I think the spring for my idler or my, um, the idler spring was, had failed. And so it wouldn't idle. So that's when I learned to double foot my pedals. Right. So, I so keep you press the gas the, on. Breaking the gas at the same yep. time. <laughs> yeah. I've had some interesting that. car problems. <laughs> um, so I destroyed my um, trailer light plug on the back of our pickup while we were off-roading. Mm. So I bought a new one and I drilled a hole in the bumper to mount it so it's now mounted up in the bumper oh, nice. safe good idea safe from harm it's got a little lid it's really cool looking 
I don't know if it's really cool looking, but it's <laughs> more cool than the like crashed mangled one. Mangled one that I took off and ground off the attachment. So our dad is putting the roof on his new building this weekend. Oh, nice. And so I am taking my wife and we're going over there, leaving tomorrow morning. Ooh. To, oh, uh, yeah. Then we're going to come back Sunday, just oh, in time for me to, to start my back shift on Monday. Oh. Or my wow. graveyard, whatever they call working 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. That's considered back shift. So I will be not on the show live probably until we'll be dead. December. DVD undead. That's right. <laughs> I can do that as my show or my show segment. I can send in. You can do whatever you want. So I will probably record something and send it in to uh, Zang Jimmy to add to the show so that you guys can still hear something about me. Okay. Maybe Tales from the crypt no it's already taken <laughs> make sure you leave a lot of leave a lot of pauses so that we can interject jokes <laughs> well, yeah because was... st jimmy should just play it for we us could. and then we right. can comment on it yeah we could do that yeah yeah via segment so i'll leave a pause a, applause breaks is that what you want yeah for, <laughs> sure for the laugh track pun breaks you call that <laughs> Just know I will be listening to the show while I'm not on it. So. Oh, boy. You will or you won't? I usually do. Oh, when you're It's just not too on weird it. to listen to a show with myself on it. Yeah, I don't listen to this one. I don't like my voice very much. It's weird. Well, you just got to get over it by listening to it more often. Maybe. I'm like, man, how did my wife stand me? <laughs> <laughs> we wonder that every... I mean... Uh... I've asked her that many times. <laughs> So I anyway. told you guys about my truck issues last week, but um, we, before we dug Make into it, well, we haven't done any diagnosis on it yet. Oh. But before we dug into it, we wanted to, one of the things was we've been working on stuff on vehicles so much the last like four months that our garage is just complete disaster zone. And so we wanted to get the garage organized before we tackled another project that would require lots of truck parts off of the truck. Uh-huh. And so we got a new workbench. Ooh. Nice. Um, it's got like 15 drawers. It's six feet long. Has a nice metal top. Nice. Has like 15 ball bearing drawers in it. Then we put up a pegboard behind it to put tools on. Uh, I'm jealous. And then we have like my old uh, stacking toolbox that's on casters um, that we're going to try to get tools organized in that so that it can be actually like rolled outside to the truck mm-hmm. and have all the tools I need there so you don't have to run back and forth as much. Yeah. And. We got a retractable hose reel for our air compressor. Nice. Mount on the wall. So the garage is almost fully organized. And then I've been getting antsy at digging in and seeing what I find. Oh, I thought you were talking about standards. (laughs) Antsy. I only use ASTM 
Oh. Ooh. Yeah, my workbench, I built it extra high so I don't have to bend over to work on stuff. And I really like that. Mm. Yeah, that was one thing Charlie was like, this seems really high. And I'm like, yeah, but it's perfect for when you're working on stuff, it's right at arm level instead yeah. of it being lower. Yeah, I thought about putting a pegboard because I want to eventually get a home for it up against the wall and then I can wheel it out because I have mine on wheels. But I thought, oh, if it's up against the wall and the pegboard's there, I won't be able to reach the pegboard because the top is <laughs> four foot by eight foot. Oh, it's four feet deep? Yeah, yeah, it's the entire Ooh. MDF sheet. Put the pegboard in the middle. Ooh. <laughs> I might do that. Ooh, no, then I usually use the double side. I thought about putting it maybe on a swing-out arm from the wall. Oh. I don't know. Or just if I need to get to it, I can always move the bench out of the way. But that's going to take the garage being way cleaner. Than you know how stuff. in kitchens they have those things over the stove where you hang Oh, that's a really good idea. Just ha- get one of those and you can hang end wrenches from it. The problem is <laughs> the garage door is in the way. Uh, uh, stupid kind of garage door. slot in it. Yeah, get rid of that. It's <laughs> kind of oh, <laughs> a, a pegboard on the garage, on the garage door. door. Just have to make sure it's arranged. On hinges so that it hangs down when it's open and oh, yeah. closes <laughs> when it's shut. So, that's a good yeah. idea. Swings and whacks you in the face when you open the door. <laughs> so the thing with the pegboard is we put that up and then we put all the end wrenches and like pliers and a bunch of other random stuff. And then I'm like, all these drawers are empty. And, <laughs> like I need more tools because these. Yeah. So. We are going to get another try to have a set of tools that are just for ready to go for the truck and then a set of tools in the garage. Nice. Um, and then tonight I did go out and try to start working on getting the glow plugs out and it was a very frustrating experience. So I didn't oh, do it no. for very long. I like dropped a nut that just disappeared when uh, I was taking something off. And then did you say, oh, nuts, I got the stuff out of the way I need to that allegedly you can get to the glow plugs by just removing like two things. And <laughs> I don't know how it's possible. I, oh. so a teenage girl's hands to reach. I, which, which two things is one of them, the cab. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the them cab like and the, the chassis need to be out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> the evap the canister oh. for the air conditioning is in the way. Oh, those things There's are like always in the way. Half an inch from the valve cover to that, and the glow plugs right underneath the valve cover. Just use a switch. Like, and the. Do you have a torch? There's a special tool to remove the harness, the wiring harness that connects it. Mm-hmm. And everything I've looked up says, first step, buy a new harness because it will break. Oh. And and then here's the steps of how to do it. And that's annoying. I got it open and I put the tool on the first one and pulled and the harness broke. <laughs> like, oh. All right. Well, I got that out of the way. Yeah. On the first Step one. one finished. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to, you can evidently take the fender, like the wheel liners out. Oh. But it's, That's I've tried I... before and it's, I've never been able to do it because it seems like I unbolt everything and it's still in there completely solid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what is holding this thing in place. It's also welded. <laughs> 
It's probably yeah, it, has enough dirt around the edges from all of the off-roading. It's just it's jammed in there. Yeah. Do you have PB Blaster? Yeah. I prefer Jelly Blaster. No, just kidding. <laughs> but hopefully I am going to... Oh, I'm not working on it this weekend, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Labor Day weekend. <laughs> We're going to brew some... Oh, it's Blackberry season. Ooh. So we collected four and a half pounds of blackberries on our dog walk the other afternoon. And then Charlie collected another three pounds or something just today. And so she made some blackberry ice cream. Wow. We're going to make a blackberry beer. Nice. Cool. You should call it black beard and then have like a picture of a pirate. to do that. Should we do some nerdiculture? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to tell a story about a company that was called the United States Industrial Alcohol, or USIA. Mm. And they were in operation in the early 1900s. And uh, okay. they you know, processed alcohol, industrial alcohol. Um, they did a lot of it for the First World War. And at one point, they decided they were going to cut out the middleman and store their own molasses. Mm. So they they were using molasses to make the industrial alcohol. Um, They could also make uh, rum out of it, which was also a hot seller right before the prohibition (laughs) effect. (laughs) So um, they in order to store all this molasses that they were going to buy, you know, this is a good idea. They were thinking we could cut out the middleman, save some money, save some profits. So they had this guy named Arthur gel and they offered him a promotion. If he could build a tank to carry, uh, hold all this molasses by the end of 1915. 
And uh, the reason that was the deadline was because there was going to be a steamer coming from Cuba with 700,000 gallons of molasses. They need somewhere to store it. (laughs) That's a fair bit. It is quite a bit. And so he went out and he tried to uh, lease some land on the waterfront um, from Boston Elevated Railway. And they kind of dragged their feet. So it took a long time to finally get the lease to go through. And... uh, he, you know, Jell was like looking at his calendar, like, oh, I'm running out of time. So he hired um, Hammond Ironworks to build this tank for him. And um, of course, he was more concerned about the, the deadline that he was trying to meet. So he kind of was rushing them through them, hurried through the negotiations, and he cut corners of, and the tank was ready. Yes. He, he cut corners. Okay. He neglected, you know, the quote unquote engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff in order to expedite the process because this guy wasn't an engineer at all. He was like the financial guy or something. Mm. He didn't even know how to read blueprints. <laughs> so he had no clue what went into this. Um, to make it even worse, there were some construction delays because of some storms they had coming through in, the, in December. And uh, so that made him construct it more hastily, like hurried it along. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, when it came time to test it, he filled it, had him fill it with six inches of water and said, okay, it's good. And <laughs> signed it off as ready to go. And he just barely met the deadline. Wow. And so he ended up with this tank that was 50 feet tall and 90 feet in diameter. Wow. And, uh, it was just made of bent sheet metal that was riveted together. And, uh, <laughs> It's like, it's ready to go. Um, Right away, it started leaking molasses through the rivets and through the joints (laughs) and everything. So much so that there was a band of children that would gather every morning (laughs) to collect molasses from the puddles of molasses that were coming out of this thing. Wow. (laughs) And uh, the company went and they, at first they just... You know, would cock the areas that were leaking. No, you should dig a trench around it and put a pump (laughs) in and pump it back in. There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But they were having trouble keeping up with it. So what they eventually... And they were getting complaints from the community about seeing the The molasses leaking out. (laughs) (laughs) So what they did... America were there. To fix that, they painted it brown so that you couldn't see the leaking as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good engineering solution. That's awesome. Yes. And so um, it got to, th- this takes us forward to January of 1919. And they they had a shipment come in with 600,000 gallons of molasses that they added on January 13th. And uh, it took about 24 hours to fill because, you know, molasses is pretty viscous and it's thick as molasses. Yes. <laughs> and um, one of the things that happened that week is they had like this really warm spell that came through, like a false, I think they call it like a false spring in Boston. But the temperature went from two degrees Fahrenheit to 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, and um, they'd filled it all the way to the top. Yes, the thing was filled all the way <laughs> to the top. And they did have a vent on the top. I, Unfortunately, they had the vent shut because it was January. <laughs> and 
Was it just jumping so, up the room? It's like it's just imagine. <laughs> so, um, they believe that it started fermenting in there. <laughs> and um, they had rum. The the thing with yeah exactly the this thing is a good this, commercial for engineers. Hire an engineer. <laughs> the thing with this tank is it was always making these moaning noises. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a lot well, of weight, dude. I make burning noises when I fill myself full of molasses, too. <laughs> like, oh. Well, it's viscous, so, so it's... Finally, so a couple days after they topped it off, um, it was like Wednesday, the 15th of January, and a, a little bit after noon, maybe like 12.30, 12.45, the sound, it sounded like machine gun was going off. <laughs> like the only one with rivets? The rivets were popping out so fast and just embedding in buildings and in the road and bouncing off things. And then finally the thing exploded. <laughs> uh, the the science came situation. away. And oh they, had a, they had a tidal wave 25 <laughs> feet high, oh, 60, 65 feet <laughs> wide, that was moving about 35 miles an hour. Um, they figured with it filled all the way up, there was 2.3 million gallons <laughs> of molasses, which is about 14,000 tons. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it just swept through and it collapsed houses. Um, it knocked the fire station off of its foundation. In some cities nowadays, this would be considered a feature. <laughs> and it damaged the railroad tracks. They had an elevated train going right by there. And one of the trains just barely made it past this part that got damaged by the thing. And the guy, you know, saw it was happening and he knew there was a train two miles or two minutes behind him. So he like got a hold of the, you know, the guy at the dispatch. Um, yeah. And said, you need to stop that train. And they were trying to get through him. And he was just like waving his arms and the train actually stopped like right before it got to the damage section. <laughs> you wouldn't have, but Spider-Man was there. Yeah, Spider-Man <laughs> came in. Um, so it ended up... Whoa, your mic just changed. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. it's back. That was weird. I think my microphone came unplugged. Okay. Because oh. you were anyway. silent for a second, and then it was really loud, and then it was silent <laughs> again. Now you're back. So anyway, it took four days to clean up the mess. And, uh, Is that all? How many children do they import? Well, <laughs> I don't know. But the 21 people ended up dying. Whoa. And there was 150 injured. And it. so I say it took four days to clean up the mess. But it it's took... still not cleaned up. <laughs> Probably. But the last couple casualties they didn't find for like a couple weeks or something. I mean, everything was covered in molasses. People drowned from it. People were in buildings that collapsed. You know, it was crazy uh, mess everywhere, as you can imagine. I guess Boston Harbor was brown for like until the summertime. (laughs) So six months it was brown. And... For decades afterwards, when it got warm enough, you could smell molasses in the air. <laughs> uh, I bet people were sick of that. I'm sure they were. Jeez. So, the, one of the um, things that came from this was 
a gigantic class action lawsuit against the United States Industrial Alcohol Company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the biggest uh, class action lawsuit in the history of Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. So the lawsuit lasted more than five years, and um, there was eventually $700,000 awarded in damages, which would be about $8 million in today's money. Mm. And But one of the big things that this led to is um, states nationwide started passing laws requiring engineers to be professionally certified and to sign off and on, doc, on things, and so... No more just throwing together something and saying it's it should be good. <laughs> it looks fine. So one of the interesting things I found is uh, uh, Boston Elevated was one of the plaintiffs. They hired the MIT civil engineering professor named Charles Spofford. And uh, so he did an investigation, engineering investigation into why the tank failed. And he found that the steel plates were too thin and there was not enough rivets. And he said the way it was designed, it would only be able to hold 18,000 PSI with a reasonable factor of safety. Mm -hmm. But the load, when it was filled that much, was actually 31,000 PSI. (laughs) Yeah. So it was a disaster waiting to happen. So... So you Sweet can thank this disaster. disaster. You can thank this disaster for there being professional engineers. Nice. And that's history nerdiculture. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fit history and then nerdiculture. But I combine history, um, engineering. engineering, and molasses into one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And that's Nerdiculture. For Technergy, we've got an interesting article about quantum computing. Um, Just a recap. So regular computer stores, they basically have 
two states that can be on or off. So each bit can be either on or off, and you arrange these to store memory or do calculations, stuff like that. In a quantum computer, each bit, they call it a qubit, it can be in a superposition, so it can actually act as though it's in both states at the same time. So this helps if you're trying to run, like, a bunch of scenarios to see which one has the optimum result. You can run them all simultaneously. So for certain calculations, this can be way faster. Hmm. The problem is the qubits don't like to stay in superposition for very long. They decohere. So they they move down in, in position, like diagonally? Yes, they kind of jump onto a lower block. No, that's Qbert. Oh. Um, so originally they could only get a qubit to stay in superposition for like less than a nanosecond. And now they've got it to where it's like up to 200 microseconds. So it's like a fifth of a second. Or micro? Oh no, that's a fifth of a millisecond. That's not very long. No, it's not. <laughs> but they, they've always thought, oh, we'll just get better and better and we'll be able to get it to stay in superposition longer before it decoheres. Well, so you just recent... have to rewrite it, basically, right? That's how they deal with it. Is you yeah. Just, re- just refresh re- it. Yeah. Um, so a new paper published in the journal Nature was studying this. It's a group of researchers at MIT um, and the Pacific Northwest National Lab. Um, they've realized that one of the big things that's decohering their qubits is just natural background radiation coming from space. Oh, it's which, not snakes? No, not not this time. <laughs> um, so there's not really a practical way to shield your quantum computer core from just like natural background radiation because even like a concrete wall puts out enough background radiation that it can impact these quantum computers. Have they tried molasses? Uh, probably (laughs) not. Um, other things that can interfere with them are, uh, magnetic and electric fields, which if this isn't a computer, you would think (laughs) most computers have a transformer, a power supply, you know, um, they said even fluctuations in temperature, which happens in when your computer is being used and even nearby qubits can decohere other qubits. So, uh, they're still trying to make more stable qubits. Um, they're doing things like putting them in basically super beefy containments that block try to block as much like a two ton wall of lead bricks that you can lift up and down and then uh, 
you can basically put that in a giant refrigerator <laughs> and <laughs> uh yeah so this is kind of a setback for quantum computing but at least we'll it'll see. speed up the processing when they get the lead out yeah when someone <laughs> says get the lead out it'll actually mean something mm-hmm. so that's technology There, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> did were my like joke frozen. break the podcast? I didn't hear it. You had a was... joke. Oh, you guys didn't hear it. No, no. I said at least, uh, at least the processing power will increase when they get the lead out. Is what I said. Oh, we oh, haven't heard that. No, we heard that joke. You must and have responded to it. Ending the segment. Yeah, because it just everything stopped working for a second on my end. <laughs> uh. We thought you were trying really hard not to say. Thanks, sir. Cool. <laughs> so, okay, on that awesome. note, what you, say. you saying awesome is not a problem, and it's not even saying it too close to when I end. It's when you say awesome and then immediately go into your segment. Oh. Because I have to break it there. <laughs> so you go, cool, for news, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> But See, if you tell me what the problem is, I might be able to fix it. There's cuts it and it says, Well, cool I did try before, but then you started putting the break on the wrong side of your... <laughs> the wrong syllable? No, you were just... I would I would say, that's technology, and you'd wait like three seconds, and then you go, awesome, okay, and then you'd go on. It's like, oh, no, you needed to pause after the after awesome, the awesome. Okay. okay, so we got that figured out. <laughs> awesome. Protect our friends. Oh, you said the wrong thing. <laughs> that is the wrong thing. You got me in my head. Good try, though. Good try. So, uh, Master Z and I both have stories. We'll alternate. I'll do one, then he'll do one, then I'll do one. Yeah, we're trying he'll... to break yeah. Master Z in for this because he's going to take over on the news. Oh, while okay. Down. That makes sense. He's going to be the new news girl. I have articles because I thought it started this week. Oh, that <laughs> was a miscommunication. <laughs> I have. I have this, a statement that was put out by um, Carrefour Supermarket in Recife, Brazil. Have you been there, Master Zed? No. Okay. I, unless it's in the uh, Rio de Janeiro airport, probably not. Oh, okay. Well, this <laughs> is what the statement said. 
Um, they said they are changing their guidelines for rare situations like this, including the mandatory closing of stores, to bring more sensitivity and respect when dealing with fatalities. <laughs> so, to cause this statement, <laughs> 53-year-old uh, salesman at the store had a heart attack and died while at work in one of the aisles. Well, he's so doing what he loved. They um, put some cardboard as like a corral around the body and then covered it up with green like yard umbrellas so people couldn't see it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> the store opened. So the picture has these umbrellas in this little area with uh, some caution tape around the top, it looks like. And a gentleman walking past wearing a mask, but obviously shopping in the store. Wow. It's like just putting a newspaper over it. It's like, we'll <laughs> deal with that something. later. Maybe we should have called it an ambulance. Well, the, the store's closing in a couple hours. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it's in the freezer section. It's He's already should we, dead. Should we try resuscitating him? Nah. He's been dead inside for years. <laughs> He's 53 and works on a... <laughs> the really crazy part is he died from drowning in molasses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 1919 oh it really preserves you i mean yeah. it's like those mosquitoes in amber they can get the dna <laughs> yeah. right? the dinosaurs. Oh, no. we thought oh. you didn't really do much around here but you know <laughs> clean up and i'll oh wait that's the guy that cleans it up <laughs> no, oh, no that's why they had to leave him <laughs> they had to hire someone else <laughs> now the interview process was horrible. <laughs> uh, so my uh, new first news article is from the Coast Guard, and I guess they like to, at the end of shift, do just like go swimming off of the their boats and stuff. So uh, this particular incident, I think it was last Friday, they were. During their normal swimming time, they decided to do some training, too. So they were doing a swimmer in water training and other stuff. So they had, like, their recovery boat in the water. Um, but there was about 40 sailors swimming, including a inflatable unicorn okay. that they had they were playing with. Um, and <laughs> luckily, the Coast Guard. So, yes. I haven't played with one of those in, like, at least a month. So luckily they have a shark watch on the top of the boat and a guy saw an eight to 10 foot shark swimming towards the group of sailors. Oh boy. And so at the, you know, they called out to the people, um, but the, they sent a short volley of machine gun fire towards it and it turned around and swam away (laughs) and then turned back and started coming at him again. Oh, and boy. so we're going to need a bigger gun. <laughs> basically the, they had to just keep shooting machine gun volleys at this shark. Every time <laughs> it would get close while they got everyone out of the water. Uh-huh. And then it started shooting before. back with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> um, they said it didn't appear that it was being injured because it kept coming back and it, there yeah. wasn't any blood or anything in the water, but <laughs> um, the only injury that happened was one of the sailors getting out of the got shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the video. They were shooting pretty, pretty close, close to the sailors. Oh, wow. They're probably 10 or 15 feet. 
from him. Hey, John, do you want to be shot to death or eaten by a shark? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That was probably the biggest um, battle that the Coast Guard's been in in a a long (laughs) time. Like 150 years. Do do they call Coast Guardians sailors? Coast Guards? Coast Guardians. (laughs) (laughs) They call them Coast Guardians. They should call them Guardians Uh, of the Coastline. Crew members. I don't know. I should ask uh, Rob. Because he was in the Coast Guard. Oh, was I he? I don't know. Sorry, yeah. Rob, that we're making fun of the Coast Guard. <laughs> um, he, actually, he actually told me last week, he was like, oh, I listened to your blog. I was like, oh. <laughs> how, did, how did that sound? How did those words on you the can, internet sound? You could take the blog and put it into like the Google speech thing, I guess, and have it read it to you. Yeah. Well, he meant the podcast, but right, he... Yeah, he asked if uh, if we sang the theme song every week <laughs> or if it was recorded. <laughs> it's like, do you understand uh, how recordings work? <laughs> you know, you heard of the radio. <laughs> That's all live. You, you know what a record is. <laughs> uh, so the I was, did want to mention the one injury. So the, oh, yeah. there was an injury um, from one of the sailors got a scratch on his leg. Oh. Um, climbing up the ladder but it went right through the middle of a tattoo he had which happened to be of an open jaws of a shark (laughs) (laughs) oops irony Uh, it's funny uh, um so apparently new zealand's official wizard of christchurch is not retiring despite reports mm. i know you guys are worried Um, official wizard Yes, the Wizard of Christchurch, New Zealand. They call him get that him. job. <laughs> his, uh, his name is Ian Brackenbury Channel, also known as Jack. Um, and he's not hanging up his pointed hat anytime soon. He's 87. Um, he says he might drop dead, but he's not going to retire. <laughs> his uh, wizard apprentice, Ari Freeman, um also said that, yeah, there's it's no way he's going to retire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lot younger. But, um, oh, okay. So apparently he's been, <laughs> he's from England originally. Um, he was briefly trained in the Royal Air Force Navigator, or as a navigator in Manitoba. Um, and in 1998, he was officially named New Zealand, uh, or the Wizard of New Zealand. Oh. Um, he does meet and greets with people that come to like as a tourist attraction. Um, Does he dress like Gandalf? He, yeah, but he looks more like um, Sauron to me. Oh, oh okay. Got a sweet staff. Sauron yeah, or Saruman? Cool. Oh, Saruman. Sorry. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's really bad if he looked like Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> he's just this giant he really eye. needs to retire <laughs> he does well at he's, that age uh, sometimes you lose everything but your giant flaming eye the rumors <laughs> the rumors of his um, retirement um, are because he's been making fewer public appearances because he's old um, he said he claims to have millions of uh, enemies who would <laughs> love nothing more to have their only or they would rather they're not be wizards <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> he um, has a passport and a driver's license with the name "The Wizard" on it. Nice. See, he's an <laughs> official wizard. 
And he gets paid $10,000 a year. Yeah, he has a salary of $10,000 a year. That's probably why they wanted him to retire, because they're like, hey, we're paying you $10,000 a year, and you aren't being a wizard enough. You're not wizard enough for us. So when uh, asked about his his protege, um, he said that he didn't really go looking for a apprentice, but he just showed up and said that he was a young wizard. And he's like, well, he just showed up. So what am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I can't turn him away. I don't want him to become my antige. Right. <laughs> uh, you probably saw that uh, Disney movie or Pixar movie with the uh, Incredibles. You'd never turn down a sidekick. They'd become your arch nemesis. Oh. Um, Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny that they actually have a wizard. Yeah. Um, there was a funny thing in here they said about um, usually wizards stop being wizards because of women. Said so you have to be careful because women are so good that they're easily distract wizards. Oh, here we go. Unless they go soggy on a woman, and then I'm afraid they've really had it, he said. Watch <laughs> out for those women. They're too good. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I decided I want to go into wizardry. I think this looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) What other country should I be or think is looking for a wizard? (laughs) Mm. Uh, Mozambique. Maybe Zimbabwe needs wizards. Maybe. Couldn't hurt. They both have Z's in the names. I know of another country with a Z. It could be with Zombie. Zombia. Zombia? Is there a zombie star? Is Whatever. It's more fun That's if you pronounce it Zombia, though. It's Zombia. the British pronunciation. <laughs> Zombia. Zombia, not Zambia. <laughs> Whatever. This is a really cool uh, hat and. Um, staff and everything pretty neat so i think um i may have reported on this last year when they broke the record (laughs) but the uh cannonball run which is a unsanctioned race from new york city to los angeles in a car um the record was broken this last week uh, so it's it's a distance of two thousand eight hundred miles thereabouts. Was it Jackie Chan? The record is now currently twenty five hours and thirty nine minutes. I think how epic it would be if one of the people from the Cannonball Run movie actually held the record. Mm. Well, there's a bunch of there's a real Cannonball Run that was run. For five years, I believe. Um, and the guy finally that started that is Brock Yates, I think. He started doing more legitimate um, legal races, organizing mm. more legal races. Um, one of the reasons this is illegal is because they had a this current record had a top speed of 175 miles per hour <laughs> and their average speed was 110 miles per hour wow Jeez. um 
So these guys last year set a record with a modified uh, Mercedes E-Class with a 47-gallon fuel tank or something in the trunk and custom suspension for the extra weight and tuned. They detuned it down to 700 horsepower. (laughs) (laughs) um, Just to make sure they didn't have any reliability issues. Um, So that was last year. Um, This last winter, I think he might have broken down or something and was parked on the side of of the freeway on the shoulder. And a semi-truck didn't go over and oh. clipped the back end of the car. Oh. So the the two guys, um, Arnie Toman and Doug Tammet, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, they got back. I think to, it's or, I think it's Hamet. Tom, oh, Tom, Tamut. Tab, oh, Tabut. Um, <laughs> they had started hearing rumors of different groups attempting to break it because of COVID. Cause there's so much less traffic. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> they said usually getting out of uh, New York city and getting into LA are like two of the big, huge time sinks. Mm-hmm. And since there's been no traffic, they, there was people that were breaking it. So there was uh, someone that broke it in, in, um, a rental Mustang. They just rented a Mustang and then broke the record. And uh, I think the record is like 27 minutes or 27 hours and 20 minutes or something from last year. And um, so that got broken by a Mustang and then somebody else went and broke it again. And they, so this group of guys got together and were like, man, we need to go and like, these are, like we, they had a whole system figured out of how to run it. Um, so they thought with like the less traffic, they could set a time that was way better than these other people that were just kind of getting lucky from not having a bunch of traffic and making up, making it up at the ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't have a car anymore. And so they called, they were going to do it in a Corvette that one of the, a friend of theirs had. And the guy said he was doing some testing with it and just didn't feel like it would be safe to drive at high rates of speed for a long time. He just thought, like, this thing's going to crash or something and we're going to die. So he uh, made a few calls and ended up getting a like a 2016 Audi S6 that one of his friends had. And then they took it um, in three days. They got it ready to do the cannonball run and they moved all the stuff from Mercedes over like the fuel tank. And they have like police scanners. They've got like airplane level jamming equipment for radar. Whoa. Um, Like night vision goggles. They have like infrared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they put all that onto this Audi and then they took the one of the successful things they did with the Mercedes was to take get it silver. It's they got silver vinyl and so they covered up the like carbon fiber trim and stuff that look made it look more expensive. And mm. they reshaped the look of the lights to make it look like a Honda Accord. 
<laughs> and they in the run last year they had someone you know like they had a police scanner so they got a call and it was just for a silver passenger card at a car at a high rate of speed um so this mm. time with the audi they tried to make it look like a ford taurus Mm. and they took the audi emblem off the front and got like a blue ford oval and then (laughs) got (laughs) audi put on it so it said audi but on the blue oval (laughs) nice Um, they did the same thing with the lights to make it look more like a taurus so it kind of looked like a cop car Mm. um and then they said it only took them four and a half minutes to get out of manhattan compared to like 30 minutes or something normally and then um, at one point they passed um, or they got one of they have they have spotters that go out in front of them and will check for cops along the road and kind of mm-hmm. um, like stage along. And then if they see a cop, so they got like a couple reports of cop cars and they had a spotter go and they just go flying. They slow down a little bit and the spotter goes flying by to pull the cops out and then they Mm -hmm. just get pulled over and get a ticket. Yeah. And then they pay the ticket for the person. So they had two of those, but both times before the spotter got to the cop car, the cop turned. Hmm. And so they didn't need them. Um, Nice. And at one point they had someone that knew that could really tell what it was. And the police scanner came on and they were like, 20 miles from the border to the next state. And it said there's a Audi that's disguised to look like a police car going. (laughs) And the cop responded and said that he would be at certain like milepost 14 waiting for him. And so the guy's like freaking out and trying to look at maps and like, well, we're only (laughs) 20 miles from the border. Do we need to get off? And then he realized, Oh, they reported it at milepost 20 and the cop said 14, but they were going so fast by time the cop said, Oh, I'll go get 14. They were at 13 and they'd already gotten past the cop by time. Nice. He had done it. So they, they got past them and then, um, they ended up getting into, they like had some people, more people knew about it. So there was actually a crowd there to film them getting into Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. It's kind of crazy. They said the, like they do slow down and, um, you know, they'll just like drive the speed limit for a while if there's a cop or something. And so they're trying to be, you know, they're not, they're trying to be as safe as possible. And said, it's really like, there's no one out there. So they can, can drive really fast. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so I guess that's all of our news. Yeah. And that's the news.
somebody's got like some consumption. consumption. <laughs> so this week I watched the 2019 Charlie's Angels movie. It's oh. got uh, Kristen Stewart, I think her name is, <laughs> from the, I think she Twilight. was in that uh, vampire movie. Twilight. Twilight. Oh, yeah, oh, Twilight. Okay. And uh, Patrick Stewart was in it, and a bunch of other actors, but... Really? In a movie? <laughs> <laughs> How'd they but pull it was, that? It was a, kind of a fun movie. Um, I didn't even know there was a new one. It yeah, it's a... It's a new one, I guess. <laughs> Came out last year. Um, yeah, so it was wasn't too bad. I'm trying to think of more to say about it, but was it better or worse than the Lucy Liu? Um, I don't really Lucy remember one. those ones, but there was Did a it have part any where cake th- songs in it. I don't remember any cake songs. No, but I do remember there was. A, Something about how they they like photoshopped Patrick Stewart into like the old series and the movies to oh. show, you know kind of make it look like he had been with them the whole time. So I thought that was kind of interesting and funny. Oh. Um, I also watched Casino Royale with Daniel oh. Craig. Yeah, first Daniel Craig Bond movie, and uh, this one shows him at the very beginning of his career. When he just just makes uh, 007 status, mm-hmm. and I think it was based on the very first book that uh, uh, what's his name? Ian Fleming. Yes, yep. Fleming wrote for James yeah. Bond. So um, it was pretty good. Um, I mm-hmm. think I'd seen it when it first came out, like 2006, but I didn't. There were enough. Uh, it was it had been long enough that I, you know. The different twists and turns caught me off guard, and it's like got the guy from Star Trek or Star Wars in it. The bad guy, um, yes. And there, the a very, engineer for the Death Star, right? And there's a very memorable torture scene that. Oh yes, <laughs> it's like oh, makes yeah, you anyway. a little sick. Well, it explains stomach. how he can be promiscuous throughout the rest of his life without worry of. Um, <laughs> effects. I guess it does. <laughs> um, yeah, so it it was kind of a long movie. It was about two hours, 24 minutes or something like that. Huh. So What's that metric? <laughs> I don't know, but after two hours, you think that it's over, but there's more stuff happening. So yeah. you're like, huh, okay. So that was good, and that's what I watched. All right. I watched Gemini Man, which is Will Smith. Oh, oh yeah, Gemini man. Gemini? No, that's uh, something else. So Gemini, he's Gemini man. Gemini cricket. Yep. <laughs> uh, Will Smith is like this awesome assassin. He kills bad people for the government, and then he's trying to retire. But then they they send. Uh, hit squad after him and he has to go on the run and this hitman shows up to fight him and he realizes it's like a younger version of himself that he has to deal with so, so it's not based on the video game from Nintendo no not that I know of no. 
But uh, well, Mega Man. I'm sorry. No, that's totally different. So I thought it was pretty good. Um, there was a lot of the action scenes, like the fight scenes, where it looked like they were... The CG just made it seem weird. Oh, Uncanny Valley stuff? Kind, yeah, and just the I movement. It, I think it might have been like the speed that they filmed it in or something. It, it didn't. It seemed like during certain action sequences, it was going faster than normal speed. Right. Like people were moving faster than. Did they hire Michael looked, Bay to do that? It looked odd because it's it looked Lee. like the film it had is. just been sped up slightly, and it was just off enough that it was like, "Oh, that was weird." So that was a little weird, but other than that, it was good. And I watched a Nicolas Cage movie called Primal. Um, He's the guy from Mortal Kombat, right? Nick Cage? Yeah. No, that's his brother. Oh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Luke. No, not Luke Cage. That's a different guy altogether. But in Primal, Nicolas Cage traps exotic animals like in all over the world and he in this one he's in brazil and uh tiger king (laughs) nobody traps this albino jaguar or something and uh it's really mean well he ends up on a boat the boat that he is going to take him to mexico gets kind of uh commandeered by this American group that has this guy that they've captured that is like a a soldier that's off the reservation. He's kind of crazy and kind of waging his own paramilitary war in South America. And uh, out at sea, that guy gets loose and sets the animals loose. And it's just that guy and the animals against the crew and everybody. So that's that's pretty much it. It was decent. I thought it was pretty good. So and then the final thing I watched was Seventh Son. It's about this it's Jeff Bridges. He is a witch hunter. And he gets this new apprentice, and they have to stop this witch from taking over. Oh, I think I've read the book. The apprentice is the seventh son of a seventh son, and that gives him special abilities. Yeah, well, I think I listened to this book. It was like a book on tape I got one time. Sounds familiar. Uh, So, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. What is that on? Uh, I don't know. I can look it up. I think it was on Netflix, actually. I think it probably oh, no. was. Because I think it was recommended to us. Uh, Netflix. And HBO Max. Oh, there you go. We just got rid of Netflix. Oh. And got HBO Max. Oh, there oh. you go. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I watched, I found out my youngest son had not seen two movies that I said you have to watch. So I forced him <laughs> to sit down and watch them. We watched Happy Gilmore and Tommy Boy back to back. Oh, my kids haven't seen those. 
Um, they're really good. I forget how much I love Happy Gilmore. It's such a good movie. Uh, there's not much wrong with it. Um, and Tommy Boy is really funny. It's yeah, Chris Farley at his best. Did I hear a niner in there? <laughs> Did you call me from a walkie-talkie? <laughs> My favorite scene is when he's trying to do the sale, and he ends up like talking about how the break, how you know the competitors' breaks versus their breaks. And the guy has like model cars on his desk, oh, like, right. crap, like, yeah. like crashing into stuff and lights it on fire. Well, the children are screaming. It's like <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. We just watched. Uh, Mr. Deeds for the first time with our kids, and I love that movie, but they got a kick out of it. I only seen that once, I think. It's on Netflix now. And then uh, my wife's mom was in town, so my mother in law was in town, and we were gonna go watch a movie, and they left it to me to pick, which I was like, oh man, this is like a minefield. (laughs) How do you pick a movie that everyone will enjoy? And um, so I was looking through, I think it was on Amazon. And I saw this movie that I know is really funny. Um, so we watched Rat Race. That movie is hilarious. Oh. And I heard my mother-in-law laugh harder than I've ever heard her laugh for <laughs> her life. It was so funny. <laughs> and uh, I think one of my kids, one or two of my kids ended up coming in and watching from part of it. And they were all laughing hysterically. It was, it's a very <laughs> funny movie. And then I... Oh. Then I showed off a, a weird thing I have with certain movies where I was like, I remember we watched this movie. It was the first movie we watched in our five-disc DVD changer back in oh, 2000. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, an interesting fact, the speakers that came with that disc changer are the ones we use right now. <laughs> I was like, how do you remember that? I was like, and I think our sister Rachel and her current boyfriend at the time came over and watched the movie with us. Maybe it was Shayla, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always have a good memory, but some things I really remember. <laughs> Random things. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we've been working on our garage, so we haven't been watching much TV. But over the course of about five nights, we watched two movies. <laughs> I think we watched one in two nights, and it took three days to watch the other one. <laughs> but... Uh, because we got HBO Max, I went through and found a bunch of movies that I wanted to see. And one of them was Birds of Prey, which is the uh, Suicide Squad sequel, kind of. Yeah, It's a Harley Quinn movie, basically, huh. um, I taking place after heard of it. Suicide Squad. I s- listened to a podcast with there was an interview with somebody... I don't know who associated with that movie and they were talking about it. And that's all the only context I had for why I wanted to watch it was I had remembered somebody involved in it. An See, interview with I've them. heard too much about it, which is why I've not watched it yet, but maybe it'll sway me. Um, so I had only seen suicide squad once and I, thought I might need to watch that to have context for the follow-up movie. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really. Also but, a Will Smith movie. Yes. Um, probably the best part of that movie. I liked yeah. it more than I did the first time. Um, mm. And I think it it knows what it is. So Yeah. I liked it. Um, so Birds of Prey was decent. 
it was also knew what it was. And <laughs> so it like, you know, they there's even one point where like something ridiculous is happening. And they address it, which was like, whoa, really? Like, <laughs> like the other character, like, on it. <laughs> the other character comes in and is like, did you change? Like, when did you have time to change? <laughs> but um, it was all right. It was entertaining. I don't it was it's uh, Suicide Squad's rated PG-13 and Birds of Prey is R. So there are is a lot more language mm. and the violence has blood in it. Unlike Suicide Squad doesn't have any blood. Um, oh, little vampires. But yeah, I say if you're looking for something entertaining it's might be worth a watch if you don't have anything else um and then the really good tv show we've been watching is Watchmen. oh the tv show yes is that good it is very good it is is better weird is as good as the movie i haven't seen the movie in a long time i think i only saw it once and i didn't quite get it i think Hmm. Um, but the series is really good and it's yeah it's weird but we want to keep watching because we want to know what's going to happen but just like what is like just some really random stuff in it um i think we're four episodes in three episodes in maybe uh yeah and I've got a whole list of TV shows on HBO Max I'm planning on watching. So there's like It, uh, the new one, oh. or the new two movies. I actually don't know if the first part's on there. The second part's on there. And then uh, Doctor Sleep, the Shining sequel, oh. is on there. Um, and all of the... Uh, oh, the Japanese guy Totoro and Miyazaki all has all the entire Miyazaki collection so we started watching um Spirited Away but haven't finished it yet cool that's it
right. Does anybody have any nerd cred? Um, I've got a little bit. Little, little so, nerd cred. A wee. In our wee? in our D and D campaign, that uh, that DVD runs with us. My character is a druid, so he is able to transform into animals and to conjure animals. Mm-hmm. And so I started printing some animals for our D&D games on my 3D printer. Oh, good. Nice. So I would. printed three eagles in various um, forms of flight. And I printed a brown bear. Cool. And I, I used brown filament for all of them. Yeah. But the eagles, you know, they are airborne, so... Um, I printed stands for them to go with, but I didn't have, I was having trouble finding something to attach the bird to the stand uh-huh. so that it looked like it's flying. You printed stands in the place where you live? <laughs> so I previously in the machine, before I put the brown filament in, I had some glow in the dark filament, which mm. is kind of transparent a little bit. Uh-huh. And so I had, you know, you cut part of it off in order to change the filament. So I had this, you know, this little length of glow-in-the-dark filament that was somewhat transparent. So I cut it into thirds and attached those to the bird and attached it to the stand. So it looks like they're in flight. Cool. Um, I had to drill some holes in the birds with a little oh, tiny no. drill <laughs> so that I can could get the end of the filament in there, but... I think they turned out pretty good. I might paint them to look like bald eagles. That might be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. So, so I went ahead and changed up the menu on our website a little bit. Oh. Um, so there's a new tab that's titled Novels, and it has oh, links nice. on it that go to Amazon to get Mis- Mr. Polt's Novels. I've got mine. Mine is supposed to be here Monday. Mine came I a day late. Still haven't got mine. <laughs> <laughs> so then I also changed the shop tab to just say shirts because that's oh, all okay. that's on that tab. Oh. And while I was at it, I bought a new Engineer Show T-shirt. Yeah, oh, saw nice. that on the nice. one of the grams. Perhaps face gram. <laughs> was it on Facegram or the other gram? Uh, you can both. still get mugs. Oh, and stickers. And yeah, hoodies. but it goes. Those are shirts, basically. The, it's just <laughs> it's what's on the shirt, but it's on a another thing. I didn't think of that. But we should make masks. Uh, I wonder if Teespring does masks now. That'd be cool. Uh, just put, put the Cobra th- symbol on it. You could get our yeah, faces on a say. mask. They do. They sell masks. I don't know if people would frown on us wearing a Cobra mask to work because it's a terrorist organization. <laughs> uh, you're supporting fictitious. a fictitious terrorist organization. Uh, I think you should get. You should have gotten your mask pulled with a like a blue hood, so you look more like Cobra Commander. Well, I, I was saying it kind of looks like a cross between the two different styles of headgear that Cobra Commander yeah. wears. <laughs> That's but. true. 
Um, so, in my Minecraft, I guess, I was looking for something to build, and so I found a picture of a Thunderan ship. Um, basically the one that they left Thundera in, you know, Lion-O and those guys. And all I had was... Back one before s- they wore clothing. Oh. <laughs> right. I just had one picture of of the ship. And so I built an entire Minecraft creation of it and a landing pad for it. And I created, I messed around with some redstone so it actually has, like, landing lights that, like, move towards the center from three oh, or four nice. different directions. Although now it has a ship over the top of it. So it's hard to see. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I built this this stupid thing in a snow biome. So it's been snowing and I'm trying to, every time I'm on there myself, I turn the weather off. <laughs> and it keeps on coming back. If you don't let it snow, we'll just keep on trying. It's really annoying. So I finally went and took a bunch of glass panes and um, <laughs> filled the space as high as I could above it. And so now that one spot doesn't get snow. Wow. It looks like there's a square cloud above it. Like way above it. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I'm sick of the snow. And I might take this whole this new thing and put it and use my AutoCAD, put it at an angle and like in pieces and have to re out the re block it, but that way I can have a crashed one maybe with like fires around it. But that seems like a lot of work now that I've built one <laughs> because it's kind of big. Yeah. It's right next to my cat's lair. Oh. If you don't we'll know, if you know where that is. I wonder if we could make a backup copy of the world and post it so people could download it if they wanted to play in it. Mm. That's possible. I'll th- look into it. Okay, we did a poll a couple weeks ago that just ended. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally hit the wrong end week. Day. I tried to set them for just a week, but I must have clicked the following week accidentally. But anyway... Yeah, so it was about Alf, the alien life form from this sitcom. I voted in that one, I think. Well, you had plenty of time. Um, So the two options, one of them showed Alf in like a Hawaiian shirt, and it was, um, oh, it was which show should be remade with Alf in it. I don't think it was a Hawaiian shirt. It was like... Um, hold on, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> yeah, I had to close my browser, so... Which old he's TV show a, should be remade with Alf? Oh, he's wearing a... A black a shirt with a white, white suit. White, um... Oh, so Miami Vice? Sports jacket, yeah. Sports jacket, yeah. That, so, that was Miami Vice. Miami And Elf? the other one shows him in Scrubs, and it's ER... And it was two-thirds voted for Miami Vice. Of course. It's a way better show. We'd like to thank everyone that participated in the poll. We got more people voting in that one than... Oh, I guess we had 11 a few weeks ago, but... But keep it up. So, yeah, check Facebook for whatever poll we put out this week. Probably something about uh, molasses and. Can you do polls on Twitter? Like, do you think we yes. get more reach? You can do survey. I think they're called surveys. Do they have could more be... than one choice in those? I think so. Oh, I might be able to do both. Then we can combine the totals. 
Do I have to do the t- Twitter one? Well, I I manage our Twitter account. Well, if you but... think of a poll. Okay. Unless you want to do the same poll in both places. But... Yeah, then you can just tally both up and get the results. Eh, I don't know. Sounds hard. <laughs> I think most of our people use Facebook, so... Okay. Yeah, I'm probably the only one <laughs> not reaching. <laughs> well, and I think Neil said he was quitting Facebook for a while, but uh, I think I'd still get a lot of stuff no, on he Instagram. Liked, he he's on there, so at least he was on Monday. Uh, yeah. So if you want to contact us and. Tell us how much you like molasses. <laughs> Send an email to engineerdyshow at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, whatever social media site you like better. And check out our website, theengineerdyshow.com, where you can buy Mr. Pold's books. And remember that we're doing a push right now for Engineerdy Show t shirts like the one I'm wearing right now. Uh, I want you to buy one and send me a picture of you wearing it. And we're going to be doing that till the end of September. So get on it. It's on, uh, go to the website and click the shirts button on the menu. Thank you for listening this week. Stay nerdy. Live long and nerdy. You shall be and always do I messed that up. <laughs> Wine. <laughs> you have it always shall be my friends. Don't miss Bye. you. Bye, DVD. Bye. You know me so you can't just say bizarre. You never get a moment for free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Something with an A or a G. Just be sure that I can tell you. Just be sure that I can Most guitars are made of trees With some L for the strings And some frets and two neat things Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees People play them while they sing Some are dull and some just ring Most guitars are made of trees You know me so you've seen it all before be stuck in a tree Trying to hold a thought you can't ignore Something multiplied by a three Just be sure that I can tell it Just be sure that I can tell it again Okay Seems like we need to <laughs> sing a farewell song to DVD But I don't know what song to parody for that So I'll work the day shift And you'll work the <laughs> night shift And I'll get to work before yeah, <laughs> hey, that could be like an Irish song. Most guitars are made of trees with some L for the strings and some frets and two neat things. Most guitars are made of trees. Most guitars are made of trees. People play them while they sing. Some are dull and some just ring. Most guitars are made of trees.
friends and some friends send too many things. Most guitars are made of trees. Most guitars are made of trees. People play them while they sing. Some are dull and some just ring. Most guitars are made of trees. The song Most Guitars Are Made of Trees is by Greg Gibbs. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.